the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We have, well, we have some interesting guests tonight. Uh, two newcomers to the program. One woman, Anne Shockett. Shockett? We'll see if she'll correct me. She's the head of the National Federated uh, Republican Women. Very powerful, well, powerful is the wrong word. Influential group with lots of grassroots. And we'll talk more about that. We'll talk with her about what they did for the election, what they're doing now. And then we'll also talk with this author who I noticed and I got uh, linked up. She's got a book out, but she also writes over at Washington Times. Her name is Cheryl Chumley. Cheryl Chumley, very interesting lady, uh, great background, and uh, we'll talk with her in a few moments. Before we get to that, what you need to know... What you need to know today is, first of all, at the end of the show, I will fill you in on the big event this Saturday in Washington, D.C. Huge march, hundreds of thousands of people. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a million. I just had two people call me and say, from San Diego, they're jumping on a plane, flying out here to be for this march. It's it's alternatively called. There's lots of names for it. But everybody that's had an idea to do a march in Washington is coming in under the same sort of headline or uh, that's not the right word. Um, well, we'll have the same stage. Uh, and the stage is going to be run by the group that's uh, doing uh, Stop the Steal, StopTheSteal.us, and also um, March for Trump, March for Trump, those two. But lots of other ones, MAGA, a million million MAGA March and uh, Walk Away, all these different groups are coming, a huge crowd. So you're going to want to see that. Look, here's the deal. Earlier uh, on the program, uh, excuse me, earlier today, I mentioned that um, uh, Senator Tom Tillis of uh, North Carolina, he won re-election, North Carolina. He beat the Democrat. Trump is winning North Carolina right now. You got to think he's going to win that. Now, one of the problems with this whole scam that's gone on, and this is what you need to know, we have been scammed by the media for years, but they've been very intentional on the election. They used the polls to say Trump was going to lose. They used the polls to say Trump was going to be annihilated. Then they got to election day and they started calling races. So they're calling races in places that weren't yet done. Wisconsin is within about 20,000 votes, automatic recount. And there's going to be a recount. Pennsylvania, all these places. So they've been calling race. Arizona, they called famously. It looks like Trump may have a shot to win there. It's going to be very close. But here's the deal. Now the media is undertaking a new campaign. And the campaign is to tell you that if you're a true American, you should concede the election, that American tradition requires that you concede the election, that if you're the kind of person who doesn't concede the election, you're a bad person. You're un-American. And here's your comeback. Ready? I'm for the Constitution over concessions. There's the, I'm for the Constitution, not concession. Concession is not a thing in the Constitution. The Constitution says run an election after it's done. The state legislatures will certify electors to the Electoral College. The Electoral College will vote on it and they'll pick a president. That's what it says. And in fact, if there's a problem, it goes to the U.S. House. So now we're seeing another oh, earlier another race uh, where a Republican beat a Democrat for the U.S. House. So and, and here's what I, I, I kind of need you to understand. When you run enough campaigns, see politics enough, 
you know certain things and how things work. In every election, there is some voter fraud, irregularities, uh, incompetence. That's kind of inevitable. But what you don't expect to see is changes in an election that are dramatically different than the other results. Now, let me tell you a funny way to think of this. I told my wife once, it's pretty clear it doesn't matter how good a candidate you are. Actually, you got to be a certain level of good, but it matters when you run what the election cycle looks like. In 2018, if you were a great Republican, you still got killed. I mean, very few Republicans survived, certainly at the congressional level. You had to be in a district that was safe. And if you were an incumbent Republican, I think in in my county where I live, excuse me, Fairfax County, there is a Republican incumbent whose name fails me. He he survived. But in general, you just sort of go with the uh, flow of the election. And there's only a few ways you can sort of buck that flow. One is have dramatically more money. Another is have your opponent sort of fall apart. But when you look at this election across the country, what you notice is that in every measurable way, the Republican Party outperformed, first of all, the polling, but even more importantly, they won. They won state legislatures where Democrats had hoped to win. They won congressional races where Democrats assumed they'd win. They won Senate races that the Democrats thought they would win. They won everywhere, except... Somewhat dramatically, in the late hours of election night, in three or four states, there were dramatic shifts towards Biden. And when you look at the map, you say, this is funny. And let me be clear. It could be that Donald Trump is so unpopular that lots of people voted against Donald Trump and then voted for the Democrats. But it's not really likely. It's not because if you're if, if Trump is so unpopular, generally someone votes against the presidential candidate and then continues to vote against the party. It, ticket splitters, they call it. They're not as common as you think. You think, well, people are really thoughtful. They look at all the candidates and that doesn't really happen like that. So what we're seeing across the country is, yes, 600,000 votes in the Pennsylvania lawsuits by the Trump campaign appear to be in play because they excluded the poll watchers. They violated the rules. These are the assertions. I'm not saying that I know them to be true yet. The Trump campaign, Trump campaign has filed a lawsuit saying we did this. We see this. Here's affidavits. Here's questions. And 600,000 votes are in play. Well, that's enough votes. And and so across the country, we see dead people voting in Michigan. We see voter registration problems. We all have different kinds of problems. The answer from the media now is they're not widespread. Well, what does that mean? Who defines widespread? I think what they're going to mean they go to next is they won't change the election, even if they're right. But here's one thing, you know, where there's people doing bad things. There's usually more people doing bad things. And if the stakes are high enough. A lot of the people on the left thought Donald Trump, they said Donald Trump was Hitler, right? They said Donald Trump's followers were Nazis. That's what Joe Biden said. Joe Biden ran ads like that. So if you think someone is Hitler and his followers are Nazis, aren't you pretty much allowed to break the rules to beat back Hitler? Doesn't that sound in your ear like the what? If you thought you could stop Hitler and when he was you know, about to be elected in Austria... When he swept the elections, I think my friend who was in Austria at the time, she would tell me that I think he won 95% of the vote. If there was a way to stop Hitler because you knew he was going to become Hitler, wouldn't you be morally obligated to try? And so in America, we had a lot of people who thought and were conditioned by the media to stop Trump. And they clearly did some things 
Does anybody deny that? Nobody's denying that there's some voter fraud and irregularities, right? So now the question is, is there enough to have turned a state or two? And here's my point. I I don't debate whether a fraud is widespread because the example I give people all the time is if you wanted to rob a bank, you wouldn't say, hey, I got an idea. Let's rob a bank. Why don't we, you know, I'm going to rob five banks at the same time. No, you would target the one that had the money where you thought you could get away with it. So the, I am, my assertion would be I don't expect to find widespread fraud. I expect to find targeted fraud that has the impact of turning an election. You, you know, you, you, don't, you don't, if you, and by the way, I ran the election board in St. Louis for a couple of years. If you had 50 precincts, you don't need all 50 to give you 10 votes. You need two or three precincts where you can make the thing flip the election. And in this case, it's my opinion that the left relied on the fact that the media believed that Trump was so bad that they would cover him up. Because imagine if you had had uh, an election where Trump won and there were dead people that voted in Michigan. Would the media just sit around and say it's no big deal? Of course not. They'd be digging into it and they'd be saying, well, this looks like a systems problem. This looks like something. Why wasn't something done to protect the election? What else could there be here? Here's my point. When you're done with all the talking, we have a system in America. We rely on the Constitution and the rule of law. And we have a period of time after the election day. And there's nothing in the Constitution requiring concessions, speeches, or anything. We have three months before the transfer of power, precisely because if you've got some of these things you've got to work through, you work through them. And we have until December 8th or 14th, depending on how you look at it. But as we get to the bottom of it, some things don't make sense. For example, in Milwaukee, there is statistical anomalies that the science guys, the math guys say, they don't make sense. It's not possible. Well, let's say differently. It's not, it's, it's almost impossible. It's like 99% unlikely that it would go like this. And here's the thing I tell you. Those geek heads, those math guys are saying that. And there's nobody on the left. Professor at MIT, professor at Cal Berkeley, mathematician who says, that's, that's made up. That's nonsense. They're not refuting it. It's like Hunter Biden's emails and his laptop. Nobody's refuting it. They're just saying, don't look. They're just saying, don't look, don't look. We've been through this. We're not going to be brainwashed that we're supposed to just sit back and take it. We're going to get to the bottom of it. And here's the pledge you should tell your Democrat friends to take with you. I pledge to accept the elections after the constitutional process has worked out. And will you do it too, Mr. Democrat? Because I got a feeling what's coming in the next days and a week or so is more indication of voter fraud, more indication of irregularities. The rush to put President-elect Biden out there to try to make it look and feel like he's okay and, and tell the American people, if you're a good American, you should concede. If you're, you're a bad American, if you keep hanging on, this is bad for the country, blah, blah, blah. That's what they're doing. The rush to make us concede is because they know something's right. Well, I'm not sure. I don't know for sure. I can't read people's minds. But it seems to me when someone rushes you to decide they're doing it so you won't change your mind, 
you won't see something else. Seems like a car dealer. You go to a car dealer at a certain point, they're like, this is the best deal. You got to take this deal. You know, I got to go check with my manager and see if I can give you the free tires. And if they can't, we got to take it right away because you know, it only goes for another hour or two hours. or Midnight tonight, it ends. You better take this deal. American people are being told, take this deal. Don't look under the hood. Don't ask questions. Yeah, that's not our deal. Americans don't do that. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk, like I mentioned, we'll talk with Ann Shockett, who is the president of the National Federation of Republican Women, and also Cheryl Chumley later on in the program. And I'll give you an update at the end. March on Washington. Stop the steal. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is Ann Shockett, and Ann is the president uh, of the National Federation of Republican Women. And I have to say, I'm a little embarrassed, uh, Ann, that uh, we were going to have you on, I think, earlier before the election, so much chaos, because the National Federation of Republican Women was out across the country energizing voters, getting people registered to vote, getting them turned out. And I have to say, Ann, notwithstanding the presidential race, race which we can talk about in a minute, you know, record numbers of uh, folks turned out to vote. Republican. Lots of women, lots of new voters that are women and minorities. It's kind of, it must, that part of it must feel very gratifying, even though I know in your position you got a bunch of other stuff to worry about now that the election's over. So tell us first about what you were doing in the run up to the November election, please. Ed, this is really exciting to be with you and all your listeners. Uh, by the way, just as a quick background, the National Federation of Republican Women is the largest women's political organization in the United States. We are um, so thrilled to be uh, representing women across the nation, and we build leaders, we energize communities, we keep America strong, and we've been doing that just for a few years, 82 of them since 1938. So we have been intricately involved in what has been happening in keeping America strong by being uh, with all the many, many things that we do by actually being involved in laser, laser focus on elections 2020. And the run up to the election, what what would you how would you describe sort of what you did? I know at various iterations in my in my experience, there'd be there'd be lots of different uh, mechanisms, bo- uh, bus tr- uh, bus tours and different things. What this election? Tell me some of the nuts and bolts of what you were doing. Okay, uh, we didn't have wheels on the ground. We had boots on the ground, and we did so <laughs> many different things. <laughs> we actually are a grassroots up organization, so we are we have tens of thousands of women across the United States. So what we do is we did strike forces in nine targeted states, which meant I myself went to five states over five weeks and I had other people going to our targeted national races. And as for all the local and state races, we had women working them on the ground and working in phone banking. We did phone banking from the spring on on the national level. We were involved in special house elections in California, Wisconsin, and New York. And by the way, all three of those ends up winning races. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of phone calling and texting. Uh, We've been having what we call Winning Women Wednesdays and weekend phone banking as well for our female candidates across the country. We've been holding rallies. We've been um, uh, involved integrally on social media. We've been doing letter campaigns and interviewing, as like right now. And uh, we've had calls to action and all types of programming and training. This is what we do. This is who we are as a political grassroots organization. 
We're talking again with, <clears throat> pardon me, Ann Chockett, and she's the president of the National Federation of Republican Women. And you can go to nfrw.org, nfrw.org. You'll see there's they do tons of programs. They have lots of different events. They've got lots of resources there. And tell me now, after the election ends, you're supposed to be able to kick back, have a glass of uh, champagne, and, and count uh, all your successes. Instead, you've got all these questions. You've got questions on certain races uh, for the president. You've got uh, Georgia with the, oh, not only those questions, but a runoff. Tell me sort of what you're up to now in these days after the election. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We are disappointed that there are races that we're still waiting to hear about. But we do have great news, especially for our Republican winning, uh, women this year. Uh, and as everyone has heard, this is the year of the Republican woman. And uh, this is also marks our 100th anniversary of the ratification of the 19th Amendment. So what an amazing year that is. Uh, we have intricately involved we uh the bottom line is in the 109th uh congress which was uh 2005 to 2007 it was a record-setting time with 25 republican women who served in the u.s house and that was the number to beat and i want you to know something ed we're at 25 right now and uh we have five <clears throat> races for republican women outstanding they haven't been called yet that includes uh the two from California, Young Kim, and then the Steel, and then two from uh, New York, Kenny and Maliotakis, and then there's also Iowa Miller Meeks. So if you take any of those, we're going to beat our record. Uh, we also are waiting to hear about our Senate winners, the current number of Republican women senators right now. It's historic. Uh, so basically, the women are, are in there. They are important to these races. For instance, as you know, um, the House race right now, the House uh, numbers, they stand about, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's 202 right now with the Republican, 216 for the Dem. Well, there are 17 remaining races, and do you know that seven are Republican women? And while that... Hmm, wow. Well, not, isn't that amazing? The Republicans yeah. have become a vital force in today's uh, political landscape. So we are very, very excited. And we were out there on the ground working with these women and men on our male candidates um, one-on-one. So it's very, very exciting. And we will be in Georgia. We will be in Georgia. Uh, we are meeting right now. Uh, when I get off of this wonderful interview, I will be sitting down with women across the nation, and we are putting together our strategies uh, for those races in Georgia. All right. Tell our listeners, especially the Republican women that would want to get involved, what they can do, where they should go, how they can get involved, please. Anne. Well, thank you so much. This I love to share. Uh, we uh, have a website. It's nfrw.org. N is in Nancy, frw.org. And if you go there, you will see that we have state federations and we also have a map that will give you an idea of where all our local clubs are. So all you need to do oh, is get in touch with us and join. And we are an incredible grassroots up organization that's involved with every aspect of our communities. This is what makes us unique. It's not just about lobbying. It's not just about campaigning. We are there in helping people in our communities. So we are involved with every aspect from helping with community caring projects all the way through being advocates and activists on the most important issues that involve that involve our communities, our states and our nation. 
Great. Well, Anne, thank you for the time and all you do. I know you're probably exhausted, but you don't sound exhausted. You must have that uh, New York uh, energy in you, like uh, probably like our president Trump. Trump. People don't recognize people like uh, Trump and like you that have this energy. Just keep going. I mean, every now and then, I know he and probably you collapse for a couple of days, re, re, you know, re uh, re energizing. But thanks, Anne, very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ed. It's been such a pleasure. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. All right. God bless. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. You know, uh, as you all know, one of my favorite, favorite things to do is have people tell me books to read, and then I read them. And as my listeners know, uh, Cheryl, our next guest, is uh, an author. I'm going to tell her I, I, I devour books in a certain format. I, do, I read the first chapter and the last chapter, and then I decide how much more to read. And so, uh, But Cheryl, our, our next guest, uh, her book is called Socialists Don't Sleep, Christians Must Rise, or America Will Fall. came out just about six weeks weeks ago, Cheryl Chumley is, uh, well, she's got an incredible website, uh, CherylChumley.com. She's got a, she's a commenta- commentary writer. She's a, uh, a private investigator. I like that the best. That's kind of exciting. And uh, she's just got a lot of opinions. So welcome, Cheryl, to the program. How are you? I am doing well, and it's so great to be here with you. Thank you. Uh, you know, the the other book that I, I, I remember this one, I think when it came out, The Devil in D.C., Winning Back the Country from the Beast in, the, in Washington. And I know it because Huckabee, Mike Huckabee, I think, wrote the foreword, if I remember right. And so, uh, yeah. but now first, let me ask you this. Your your, your life, you're now a writer, I guess, or you're a lot of things. But what? how did you get to be where you are right now? Uh, hard work and uh, faith, uh, to be honest. <laughs> you know, I, I have my dream job right now, and it, there's a story behind it, but I can just shortcut it and just say it was divinely uh, it, it, divine intervention that got me where I'm at right now, and I'm very grateful for my position. You um you have a you have a um, perspective on sort of what's happening in the culture wars and how it lays uh, overlays in politics. I mean, it feels to a lot of us like uh, the bad guys win a lot, and uh, and in fact, some of the socialism that's happening. I had a friend text me after the election said, "Look at how many young people voted for this nonsense." You know, they don't, don't see it. How, how when you start to write this book, socialists don't sleep, Christians must rise, or America will fall. Obviously, you're addressing that, but. Do you get frustrated that people don't see what's happening? It's like that old thing where a frog, if you put him in boiling water, he jumps out. If you put him in cold water and heat it up slowly, he doesn't know it's boiling. It feels like that's a little bit what's going on. Yeah, I I do. I, that's a great question. I actually do get very frustrated. It, it's hard when something, and you know this, right? It's hard when something is so obvious to you and other people. They don't get it, and it's really hard to put yourself in other people's minds in those times. Right. And to be honest, socialists don't sleep. The, that title and the book theme came from almost 20 years ago. I thought of that. I, I conceived the idea when George Bush was president, and he passed a, a bill called the American Dream Down Payment Act, which was basically taking tax 
taxpayer money and giving it to minorities so they, they could buy homes. And I thought at the time, how is that not socialism? Here we are, a Republican president working with Democrats to pass this redistribution of wealth type package. And from there, I got really sensitive to things that were counter to the Constitution and our limited government. And my goodness, it, it just, the pages just glowed because there's so much that has happened that it, that we don't call socialism that really is. We're talking with uh, Cheryl Chumley, and uh, CherylChumley.com is the website. I'll put it up on social media. How, do, how did you, um, how did you, as the run-up to the election one, how did you find, uh, that, back to this question of young people, I know you have four children, so you have some experience with young people. How, did, how do, are, are young people, are you able to reach them with this message? Are they too indoctrinated by the, uh, by, uh, the, the uh, reality of their own school? What, how, how, does, how do people react that are younger to this book? Right. Well, young people are indoctrinated by uh, the public school teachers, which, and the unions, which, as I point out, I have a whole chapter on this in my book. The Democratic Socialists of America have actually called for uh, members to go into teaching in public schools in order to teach the Marxist propaganda to the emerging generations in America. This is purposeful. This is intentional. And this is something that the DSA has been doing for some time. And guess what? It's working, right? Because we all see these sad surveys that come out saying that Gen Zs and millennials are embracing socialism over capitalism to alarming degrees. And it's it's my view that the younger generations will continue to do this until they get out in the real world. That has a, a um, you know, when you have to deal with taxes yourself and you see your paycheck go down because of taxes for this and taxes for that, that has a real mm-hmm. cold chilling effect on your socialist dreams suddenly you're <laughs> a free market person right <laughs> yeah it changes pretty quickly it really does again we're talking with cheryl chumley and uh, her website is CherylChumley.com. and if you go there it's christian conservative writer author speaker she's got a lot of different things uh that she's working on at ck chumley on uh, twitter cheryl chumley on facebook um it, now we're past the election and but yet we're in this in-between period and and i've found uh, and i know you you write for the washington times uh, as a commentator a comment write commentary and you've written these books i find right now we're in the midst uh cheryl of the most extraordinary effort by the media to try to brainwash the american people the brainwashing goes like this you must concede the election because we say it's over joe biden won and you're not allowed to object to anything else and i think every moment every day they're beating it into the american people and i for one I just say, hey, let's get to the bottom of a lot of questions. When we get to the bottom, we have a constitution, the rule of law. We'll all accept it and move on. I don't know. How do you feel about what's going on in the country? Yeah, well, you know, we, we did it for, what, 37 days back in, in the year 2000 when a Democrat had an issue with the election results. So I say we need to do it now. I'm in favor of what Team Trump is doing uh, for two reasons. First off, I'm, a, I'm an avid Trump supporter, so I really would like him to win. Uh, I know it's slim, but I would really like Trump to pull this one out. That being said... Right. Uh, he, he probably won't, right, because of the way what you just described in the media and the tone of the nation right now and the inability of people to critically think things through. It's, it's more often than not run by emotion. So it, it, the fact is, though, after this election debacle comes to an end, we still have the issue of election integrity and the ability of Americans to trust in the electoral process. 
And if we don't see these lawsuits through and get a resolution with them, I know scores of Americans, myself included, who are going to have question marks every time an election comes around, especially a presidential election. Yeah, that's a, that's an, exactly. That's what I tell people is, look, if there's 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 only three sort of results. One is you tell the American people that have doubts to go away and we don't care what your thoughts are. And then you have this this lack of confidence or two, you get to the bottom of it and the results are either similar or the same or three, you get to the bottom of it and, and, and you either say it should have been something else or there's enough uncertainty. You know, there's enough uncertainty about what's going on. I mean, just a few minutes ago, uh, Tom Tillis, the Republican from North Carolina, he won his race in North Carolina. Uh, the Democrat conceded by almost the same margin that Joe Biden lost to Trump. If Joe Biden uh, concedes that, all of a sudden Trump is up in the Electoral College. You, you get to the point where it's a much closer race, and then I think we're going to have to have a conversation about how well and, or poorly uh, the election fraud uh, you know, was, was operating. And what, what again, let's get to the bottom of it. There's no, there shouldn't be any harm if you believe that it um, was on the up and up. Um, let's get to the bottom of it. Okay, now, be, before... Um, I finish. I want to go back to your book for a second. Now, you've written four, three or four or five books. Um, what's next? What book are you going to write next? Where are you headed? What do you think is uh, on your heart to write? Uh, you know, I, the, I really was thinking hard about writing a book about the globalists, uh, the billionaires, and how they are stripping America of individual rights and sovereignty. You know, going deep into Bill Gates and and uh, the Epstein connection and uh, George Soros and all these billionaires out there who kind of live in their own world but tinker in our world uh, for their for their own ambitions and, and agenda. Uh, so I'm not positive I'm going to write that. I have some fiction books as well, Christian fiction that I'd like to get started on, too. Uh, hmm. So you know what? Uh, I'm going to pray on it a while and see what comes. Well, it'll be interesting. You know, I, I will point you in the direction, you know, uh, the late Phyllis Schlafly, for whom I worked, uh, she she spent a lot of her career writing about what initially she referred to as the kingmakers in the original A Choice, Not an Echo book, which was published in 1964. She was actually the first one to refer to the gathering of uh, globalists who met at the Bilderberg Hotel. And she was the first one to use that term, the Bilderberg, uh, and then it became the Bilderbergers and, and all. And, and I think you're right about the connection between those groups. You know, I saw on Twitter today, Today, the UN, I guess it was the security, no, the Human Rights Commission is lecturing America, the UN, and you're saying to yourself, my gosh, you guys have no uh, clue uh, the direction of things. Well, Cheryl Chumley, thank you for being a guest. We'll have you back on the show again. You're uh, over at uh, WashingtonTimes.com. A bunch of our folks will have seen you there, and uh, your new book is out. We'll put it up on social media. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye now. All right. Cheryl Chumley is her name. Get her books. Follow her on Washington Times. And also her website is uh, CherylChumley.com. I'll put it up on social media. Thanks. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Yesterday, I told you about the historic importance of Veterans Day. Today, I'd like to tell you about November 11th's other big milestone in American history. Exactly 400 years ago today, on November 11th, 1620, 41 men aboard a ship called the Mayflower signed our nation's first founding document. The Mayflower Compact, as it's called, laid the foundation for government in the New World. 
The compact isn't just historic because it came first. It's also historic because it saved our nation long before we even had the chance to get started. When the Pilgrims launched their voyage, they were operating under a charter from the British businessmen who formed the Virginia Company. However, storms blew the Pilgrims far from their intended course. Some on the ship argued that they weren't bound by the charter because they hadn't landed where the charter said they would. As the small voyage neared the brink of anarchy, the idea of a unifying document was introduced. The result of these deliberations was the Mayflower Compact. Please listen as I read an excerpt from this seminal document. Having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith and honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia, do by these presents solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one another, covenant and combine ourselves together in a civil body politic. Readers of the Mayflower Compact don't have to wonder what the pilgrims were signing themselves up for. In fact, the pilgrims went on to explicitly state the purpose of their civil body politic was to enact, constitute, and frame such just and equal laws, ordinances, acts, constitutions, and offices from time to time as shall be thought most meet and convenient for the general good of the colony. The pilgrims' noble endeavor, which was started expressly for the advancement of the Christian faith, is still alive and well today. On this 400th anniversary of the signing of the Mayflower Compact, we honor their dedicated service to God, family, and country. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. When America turns our back on our Christian heritage, we shouldn't be surprised when biblical precepts like honesty, kindness, respect, justice, and freedom are abandoned. At phyllisschlafly.com, we still believe in rights endowed by our Creator. If you agree, find out more at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, I want to talk to you about something very special. This is an invitation for you to be part of history. Uh, this Saturday at 12 noon in Washington, D.C., we're going to have a massive rally. It's called Stop the Steal Rally. It's also called the March for Trump, supporting this president. I would love for you to be a part of it. If you can't be a part of it in person, and lots of people are flying in. I had two friends of mine from San Diego tell me they're flying in. They booked their tickets earlier. And so, but if you could be a part of it, that'd be great. But look, we have a couple of days before it gets here, three or four days, three days. If you can help promote it, we want the whole world to know, the whole world, I'm not kidding, not just America, that we care about this country and we want to get to the bottom of it. So we're going to gather at 12 noon at the Freedom Plaza, right in the heart of Washington. I suspect it will be tens of thousands. I actually think it'll be hundreds of thousands. The president is aware of it. His family is aware of it. I have been told that he... Uh, wants to come himself. We'll see if that happens. I think that's a logistical nightmare, but I do know that his family's aware of it, and I suspect there's going to be, I, I just know every, it's a who's who of everybody. Everybody that's checked in on this, that knows what's at stake, it's a huge, huge deal. So listen, do me a favor and spread the word. 
StopTheSteal.us. StopTheSteal.us is the website. If you go to StopTheSteal.us, you'll see all the details. We got shut down by uh, by Eventbrite. We've gotten blocked by Twitter. We've gotten all kinds of problems trying to hold this up. Because why? Because we're actually making progress. If you're not making progress, they don't bother with you, right? If you're not succeeding, they don't bother with you. So we're getting blocked for all the right reasons reasons because we're on the right side of the rules, right side of the fight. And here's what I want to ask you to do. First of all, say a prayer for it. Say a prayer for what we're doing and keep um, keep focused uh, on uh, the uh, reality of what's happening. And, and so say a prayer and then pass the word. Spread the word as far and wide. You can watch it on the internet. We'll have it streamed. I suspect the media will ignore it, but there'll be plenty of ways for you to be a part of it. In your local community, Southern California, there'll be some uh, gatherings, uh, but it'd be 12 noon Eastern time. I just need you to spread the word. What we have is that the, the media is trying to brainwash America. They're trying to brainwash us into thinking that the election is over and thinking that you have to be uh, you have to be a participant in the concession as the media says. So you have to give in when the media says so or you're not a good American. That's what they're literally trying to do right now. They're trying to make it so that if you are not conceding. And not joining in the chorus to say, move on, you're not a good American. Well, we know that's not true. We know that's not true. In fact, the opposite is actually true. What we count on is not the media being the star of the show. We count on we the people being the center of the show. If it was just the power of the media or the power of the purse or the power of the crown, well, we wouldn't be America. So I need your help. It's called StopTheSteal.us. Promote it the heck out of it. Look, all the, you know, all the key people are involved. I talked to Roger Stone today, General Flynn. All the grassroots patriots are going to come. The campaign is included and, and, and locked into it. There's a ton happening, and this is a big part of it. And, and again, let me get back to this. The reason why it's so important is we have to continue to build momentum in favor of we the people because they're trying to beat down we the people they're trying to get us tired and get us to quit and get us to feel bad well that's not what we can do we got too much at stake so i hope you'll join me whatever way you can from your own place if you can be a part of a rally if you can go online if you can just pass it along to friends that are on the east coast that might want to be a part of it and at the very least but it's really the most to keep us in your prayers because that's a big fight all right let me pivot to one more thing I did tell you I spoke to General Mike Flynn, and General Flynn is one of the more sophisticated people I've ever met, right? Not only trained as a military leader at the highest level, but then spent his uh, latter part of his career at the uh, intelligence, in the intelligence community at the highest level, meaning he knows how this stuff works. And what he said is, you have to resist and pull yourself away from the sources in the media that are trying to distort the truth on you. And this can be a real challenge. So I just want to encourage you. A lot of folks are moving over to One America News, which is down in San Diego, uh, you know, but nationally. Newsmax is another one. It doesn't matter to me where you go. Parlor has a lot of action. Our Salem Radio Network, where my radio show is, of course, it's an awesome source, you know, an awesome resource. You go to uh, Salem Radio Network or go to our many affiliated websites, townhall.com in particular comes to mind. But here's the thing. Right now, 
the collusion in this country is between the people who told us for years lies. They lied about Russia. They lied about Mueller. They lied about the impeachment. They lied about the election. They lied about polls. They lied about this and that and the other thing. And now they just want you one more time to believe them and do what they tell you. Well, it's not going to work. It's not going to work for us. We're Americans, and we're not going to do it. All right, let me give me one more. Um, let me go through this riff, because I often forget to. You can always reach out to me directly. It's Ed Martin, Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter, Ed Martin Live on Facebook, or just Ed Martin on Facebook. I have a personal page, and also Ed Martin Live is, a, is my show page and the sh- page we use for a lot of organizing. You can also get in touch with me directly. My cell phone number, it, it's, a, it's best used for text because I don't answer that number, but you can text. It goes right to my phone. It's 314-256-1776, 314-256-1776. And also, you can email me directly, Ed Martin. 1791 at gmail.com edmartin1791 at gmail.com anytime day or night get in touch band together be a part of history be a part of the greatest nation and this is the greatest movement of the greatest nation it's unbelievable so i'm glad to uh, be with you all right stop the steel.us be a part of it hope to see you on saturday in washington dc ed martin here on the pro america report talk to you soon